are back with another episode of Reality After Bedtime. I'm Marquise. And I'm Tori. And we're here to talk about the big D again. Yep. Great show. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about our bedtime story for this week. And I think that we want to talk about the theme that we did. So I think we mentioned this in another episode. I can't keep up. We talked about how we did camp. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did summer camp. So what we've been trying to do is like theme our weekends when the older two are with us. And I try to give purpose and like structure around what we're trying to do, because otherwise we have a hard time thinking of new ideas. Yeah, and it gives them something to look forward to as well. Like we did it, I don't know, we did it for, um, I think we did kind of like a smaller camp theme. Well, we did like Black History Month was kind of our first big like plan around or doing a theme or doing it crafts or doing like a movie, all that. Yeah, because we've been doing the beanbag movie night for years at this point, but Mm -hmm. more so to as they're getting older, like fleshing out the weekends and actually like having a plan around certain things. It's helpful to like give them something to look forward to, but also even to just give us something to look forward to. So it's not like we're scrambling and trying to figure out what to do with four kids (laughs) um, over the weekend. So this weekend we did a time travel theme because we had already planned on taking them to the museum and we'd gotten the tickets. When did did we get the tickets for your when your dad came, or was it before uh-huh. that? Yeah. yeah, it was it was for his birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got the tickets. We didn't get to go for different reasons, and so we were like, we're going to take them this weekend. Seems like a good idea. And It's, it's so god-awful hot that it's like, <laughs> yeah. what can we do inside? Yeah. yeah. So That's not going to be crowded with children, because everything, like indoor playgrounds, bounce places, just packed yeah yeah it's awful yeah summertime right now is wild no matter where so. you go the beaches everything is just packed yeah except the museum museum wasn't the too museum bad. was not <laughs> it was nobody not. gives one single f about going to the museum during summertime <laughs> so. but it was cool it was inside yeah, it, was it was great, a great time mm-hmm. there was like two other families there in the entire museum yeah so it was it, it we enjoyed it but we we already wanted to do the museum and we want we're trying to make the themes like fun and exciting and stuff too so i was like let's do a time travels time time travelers theme and so we we also planned to do like a design your own time machine and we did a time capsule and then we for the movie nights like the first night i was like oh let's watch bill and ted's excellent adventure which tori's never seen and, <laughs> still haven't i was doing other things <laughs> yeah and i was like oh man classic I think um, I was reading. Honestly, I finished my book. Yeah. And so we, I gave them some other ideas like the kid, Harry Potter, and the Prisoner of Azkaban, a kid in King Arthur's Court, and they just wanted to watch Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which is the sequel, if you haven't seen either of these movies. They are all about, like, once we watch a movie, like, is there a sequel? <laughs> yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah. Like, it could be awful. And they'd be like, oh, man, are there any more of these? So, <laughs> yeah. But so. then they never want to watch the first movie. And then as soon as we watch it, are there more? Yeah, so. getting them to watch the first movie is like pulling teeth every yeah. single time. And I mean, one of those was Beethoven. And it's like, yeah. there's like five of them. Yeah, so. Beethoven, <laughs> Homeward Bound was like that. Yeah. And basically, any movie that has a sequel or a 
trilogy or any more than that, they're always like, oh, let's watch all of them immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We actually, we watched Good Burger and last weekend and they don't have a sequel for that yet, but it's actually coming out this fall. So we'll be watching that when it comes out because yeah. great movie. But anyway. I have seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. So yeah, weekend went well. And I think like it was interesting, the museum, I told them before we went in, I was like, be prepared to tell me three things you learned about and, you know, pick a time period that you enjoyed and tell me about it. So the oldest, he got his three things and I didn't even ask the other, the six-year-old because I knew that he, one, wasn't even paying attention when I gave the assignment, (laughs) but also that he wouldn't have gotten anything. So he would have given really basic things. I like when I dressed up yeah. and <laughs> Oh, the oldest he I forgot to tell you earlier. He told me the third thing you told me was he learned how to tie a knot. So Oh, he, he did tie but yeah. with the like pirate thing, they had all the knots and yeah. he did tie a knot. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah, he told me that was something that yeah, he I gave I was like, like I the, the step by step instructions. Yeah. yeah. He also there was a whole thing about like textiles and mm-hmm. he did oh, yeah, that was did the, the different thing. like yeah. stitches different or whatever. Weaving. Yeah, weaving. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, like he, how to weave silk versus like a basic fabric. Yeah, those it, are two. He was things. really and into he that. Talked about like slavery and like he learned a lot about like slavery and just the different things that he didn't realize happened during that time. So I think that was very educational for him for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a lot of questions. He actually walked through the museum with me mm-hmm. more than he was with with you, and he was asking all kinds of questions and wanted clarity on things and. You know, was did this happen during slavery? Did this happen after slavery? Like he was, he was very interested in it. Yeah, very inquisitive. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, I think the museum went well. The two-year-old, he was. There was one spot near the end. It was called Kid Zone or something like that, and he was able. He was in a stroller basically the whole time, mm-hmm. and he got out near the end to play with like a couple things out on the table, and then we let him walk around for a little bit, and then there was another spot, and he got the like dress up in uh colonial what, yeah colonial, colonial attire and that's it where they tied so the cute. knots and <laughs> all the things but then we got out of there and it was like glass again and i was like well let's put your bag in the stroller and total meltdown it yeah, was also nap time it was so lunch nap time all the things <laughs> yeah oh my gosh. everybody was ready to go home i came home and took a nap because i was exhausted as i well, was like but... whose kid is screaming <laughs> oh it's mine yeah so Fun times the there. The baby was great. He slept the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> but I also both. wore him, so then, like, you know, that helped. Yeah. So the museum went well, and then we did the time capsule later that day, and... That did not go well. Yeah. It was <laughs> It was just tough explaining to them, like, trying to get them to understand, like, what exactly we were doing. Like, they seemed excited about the idea of, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah we're going to open this up in 10 years, but trying to get them to realize, like, you can only put... A certain amount of yeah, things Yeah, and in like here. small items. Yeah. They wanted to put like their whole toy set and like the oh oldest wanted to put every single book he had in yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which like, that's great that that's what's important to you right now. And then that's something that in 10 years you want to look back on. And like, I was really into like bad guys, the the book series, yeah. really into that. And so he wanted to put that in there. And we're like, that's not going to fit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like capsule. the whole anthology of all the books. And yeah. like, good it's Lord. It's multiple so. books together. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so and we you're trying to explain to them, like you can write something as well, because that was part of it too. Like get some things you want to put in there, whether it be toys or, you know, different things that you enjoy drawings and all that, but also like write something 
to yourself saying like, this is where I am now. These are my favorite things. And then like, you know, maybe write to however old you're going to be in 10 years, your 16 or 19 year old self. And mm-hmm. Say like, oh, this is where I hope you are kind of deal. And that was just a whole thing. I feel like the oldest, like he, he kind of got it a bit more, but the, the other one was just struggling to write anything down or it just didn't make any sense. And I was like, this is going to make no sense to your 16 year old. So <laughs> he's going to be like, what was I yeah. thinking? And he was putting like random stuff in there. Like he put Pokemon cards in there, which he doesn't even, he's never talked about Pokemon. No. And so like the oldest has always been a lot more interested in now this one. Oh yeah. He's all about Pokemon. The oldest like can tell you all these different things or we saw a dinosaur in the museum and he's like, that looks like a Pokemon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So so that was a whole thing, but... And maybe he will be getting into it, because when the oldest was about, I think, what was it, his sixth birthday that we did Pokemon? So yeah. maybe he's coming into it, but it seems very sporadic. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. There hasn't been a word about it until this time capsule, so... Uh, Correct, and then he wanted to put his brother's stuff in the time capsule. <laughs> it's like, isn't that his Yeah, he was trying to put everything, Pikachu? like his Yoda slippers and... I don't know why you would put every transformer he had and Yoda slippers in there. I was like, don't you want these? Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. I think it'll be cool. Like we're gonna. I don't know if we put the two year old stuff in there, but we haven't done that yet. No. Yeah, we'll put it in our closet and we'll mark it and open this time, kind of thing. Twenty thirty three. We'll see how that goes. So maybe I'll write a little bit. He also wanted to use. He of course the object that he chooses to put everything in is my Rugrats lunchbox. <laughs> it's like great. So I don't get yeah, to use this for 10 been years. It's hanging out in the pantry anyway, since we got it. It's antique. So, okay. Yeah. It'll be even more antique. I mean, it literally is. We found it at an antique store. Yeah. Great lunchbox. But yeah, I think the tough thing there is just even just trying to get them to think about the future. You know, they're so caught up in the right now and they mm-hmm. just don't have the foresight to even think about, what life looks like in 10 years, you know? And no. So, and I think it would have been the same way, like, if I did something like that, if I was Well, I told 10, you, um, nine. we did, we did time capsules in, like, for New Year's Eve for the year 2000. So, I would have been nine. Yeah, so I would have been the oldest age at the time. And I wrote in there that I wanted to own all of Samantha, like the American Girl doll, all of her clothes and accessories. I don't even know who Samantha is, but that's sad. I <laughs> was a big American Girl doll fan yes, because I was still obviously am. a big proponent of American Girl dolls. They're historical figures, okay? <laughs> Started my love for historical fiction, but anyways, I did not accomplish that goal at all yeah well i <laughs> like, don't have any daughters to even i know <laughs> i have all these american girl dolls just in my mom's house and i'm like what do i do with these other than give them to my nieces i don't know what else to do with them yeah like i said you gotta hold off for a granddaughter it doesn't that's happen so by that long point. <laughs> that's so long these poor dolls are gonna like just like i mean they're gonna be like the moths are gonna get them or point, so. oh yeah that's i was gonna look that up i'm like i wonder how much my samantha's worth because she was my very first one, and they did discontinue her. I think they might have brought her back now, but I have five, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. These well. are not cheap dolls either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my parents played into my obsession for sure. Well, so yeah, it does. It was a fun weekend, a fun little something. So, we're trying to continue on with the themes and, you know, try to stay creative with the children and, 
We don't have one for next time yet. No. We talked about doing, like, trying to carry on, like, the history aspect of things just because they're so, I think they were interested in it, but there's so much more that, like, I want them to dive into and just, like, understand history and be, even if they aren't super interested in it, at least be informed about things that have happened and stuff, so. Yeah, so, like, picking a different time period. Yeah. And going with that. Mm. Yeah. And we talked about, like, Renaissance when, you know, it's Renaissance Fair time because we love the Renaissance Fair. So, yeah. Um, so that'll probably happen in September, October, whenever that comes around this year. But anyway, that's our bedtime story. Oh, we did do the time machines and those, those are not fun. They were the oldest we just, covered his in foil. It was very yeah, cute. Yeah. They just had cardboard boxes and, and they just had different crafting things from the house that they could use like foil and little colored balls and pom-poms yeah feathers um, never thought they're called pom-poms yeah, yeah. Like, what are those <laughs> anyway so it's a fun little activity and then i had them tell me like what each of them did so it was interesting hearing how they thought time machines would work yeah like where they were gonna go yeah the six-year-old just was like Oh, you just get in to sit down, and there's a steering. Well, he didn't even have a steering wheel. He just had a seat <laughs> and a light yeah. <laughs> inside the box. <laughs> there was like a pterodactyl on the outside, and there was boosters. And I was like, "How do you it tell amazing. it where to go?" And he was like, "Oh." And then he put a, a steering wheel and a speaker and like something else in there. But it was quite interesting. Anyway, let's get to the show. We've been chatting about this for a while. Yeah. Um, so back to the big D. Episode three, we're at the night of elimination. So if you don't remember, Ariel is freaking out basically because Blair called her out in front of everybody and she feels like a big idiot for like trying to be his friend and all that. So <clears throat> we're basically continuing on from the last episode. So Ariel is talking to David and he asks why she's so upset and he thinks she needs Blair to be cold to her to move on. And Ariel feels like she's trying to show Blair a lot of love. And he's just like, bitch, I'm done with you. And I feel like, I don't know. I kind of agree with David. Like, I think that in some ways, like, she needs Blair to be cold to her. But I think that she's just so much looking for closure because of what happened. That, like, she's like, I want to take this opportunity to actually get something out of him so that I can move on. So, yeah, I think the point of the show is for both to happen where they're able to have closure and they're able to move on. And I think she's not getting what she needs in order to move on. But I do think he does have to be straightforward. Do I think he handled it correctly? Like when I say he, I mean Blair. No, I think doing it in front of everybody wasn't really done with a lot of like care or grace for her. But at the same time, he probably knows her enough to be like, this is the only way I'm going to get through to her because yeah. I've tried in different ways and she's not listening. She hasn't like, I guess, absorbed what I'm trying to say. And so he went to the extreme. Still don't think it was right to embarrass her. Yeah. And but, we talked a lot about it last time too. I yeah. just think. I think that he's not getting the point of the show either. And I think him just being cold to her isn't like going to be helpful for him when it comes to the show itself. And then, yeah, I just think that there is a better way to handle it. And I think with them 
already having some conversations, even in this episode, like he's just not being communicative with her at all. He's just been kind of like, I'm going to get what I need out of you and move, keep moving. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's fair to her at all. So then we see Jillian and Alexis sitting together. Jillian says Ariel is flipping out for being safe. And Alexis thinks it's fake. Jillian is, of course, upset that David is consoling Ariel right now. Mm -hmm. And Jillian feels that Ariel's intentions aren't true with David. I should have counted how many times she said intentions in this episode (laughs) because I feel like that's all she talked about. Every time they showed her, I just don't know about her intentions. Ariel's intentions just aren't true. And I was like, good Lord, can you please say anything else? Mm -hmm. So David then says that him and Jillian are trying to go their separate ways and it hasn't been easy. He is aware that Jillian is watching him from a distance. He says she doesn't want to get the she doesn't want to get back together, but she loves him too much to let him go. Yeah, and in this part too, Jillian seems like she's drunk. Like she seems like she's, you know, had a couple too many. Because she sits down and she's like, I have a question. And then she doesn't actually ask any question. She just goes on about David talking to Ariel and just how she doesn't think Ariel has good intentions. So, yeah. And David said, isn't the whole not letting him go because she loves him so much isn't fair to him, especially since it was her idea to come on the show. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree with that. Like, you can't have it both ways. So, yeah. They're uh, very back and forth, too, where I feel like, okay, they're both moving on, mainly David. Like, okay, they're moving on. And then, okay, no, maybe not. They're like getting dragged back. And I think part of that is they are like who they, like each other they've only known Mm -hmm. where they were together really young they grew up together and so there is just that comfortable like comfortability level with each other that just draws them back instead Mm -hmm. of being able to really move on yeah and i don't feel like i've really seen jillian try to move on at all like i feel like she's just been no she's just trying to like stay on the show yeah and she's just been hawkeyeing david the whole time and every little thing that he does and And winning the challenges so she's safe yeah basically Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't feel like she's shown like true interest in anyone else at this point so no but i like her i like like i like her for the show i think she yeah i think she's all right i think that her like her commentary is fine yeah that's i think like her in the midst of everyone else is a little bit bland but it's become bland, I guess. Like, I think I had higher hopes of her in the first episode yeah, or so, but now that we're on the third one, like, I feel like she's getting a bit stale to me. Well, she, if she was dating, I think it would be better, but she's not dating. Yeah, yeah. and that's probably why it feels that way. Mm-hmm. So, especially when you have these other characters that are doing a bit more, even David at this point is becoming more interesting. Oh, yeah. And I thought that he was extremely boring <laughs> over the last couple <laughs> episodes. So, especially the person, I was like, why out. is this guy here? So, anyway, we go to the next morning. David is running the, the tread, running the treadmill, running on the treadmill, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and talking to Casey about who might be showing up. Mm-hmm. And he says emotions are high, but Casey doesn't feel that way. She's living her best life after getting through the last elimination, you know, because she basically snaked her way out of that one. And uh, mm-hmm. Casey says she doesn't want to be another quote unquote blonde spitfire. Yeah, she says, if it's another spit, blonde spitfire, I will leave. Yeah. And get, who else shows up but a blonde spitfire? <laughs> Angelique. <laughs> Angelique. Hey. 
Oh, yeah. I put down. So she was married for 14 years and mm-hmm. she's been divorced for eight. So we didn't, I didn't get like her. Eight months, not eight years. Eight oh, months. did I say eight years? Yeah, no, 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 no. You just said eight. So I want to be clear. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. She's yeah. been divorced for eight months. Sorry. Yes. So she. Um, I didn't get the name of her spouse. Did I don't she know if that? she said. They showed, I think they showed a picture. They did of them. show a picture. She got married at 20 because she's 35 now. Yeah. It could have been respect, like just out of, it sounded like they were strongly Mormon. Correct. So I mm-hmm. wonder if she wanted to, like, not, like, he may not want anything to do with the show. Correct. Probably not. So, so that's understandable. But I just make sure I didn't miss it. No, I didn't write it down either. So, yeah. so she shows up. David is very attracted to her. He wants to be respectful, but he looks like he is sweating and wants to rip this girl's <laughs> glittery dress off. <laughs> she says that she is single and feeling a bit cocky. So she's walking around, meeting people, chit-chatting it up. She is another girl connected to Dean, and she likes his style. I feel like that's kind of the main thing that people say. His when swag. They, yeah, his swagger. So then she tells us a little bit more about her story. So this is where we hear that she's she was married for 14 years. She's 35. She grew up Mormon. And she says it was not a sister-wife situation. And she felt like she needed to get married to please other people and to please God. But she feels she's a free spirit and wants to do whatever and whoever she wants. <laughs> she actually says, I want more people to do me. <laughs> I know, and she's when like, she's oh, but she was saying like, I felt like she was saying, like, oh, I'm just doing me, you know, that's what people say, and that's what she said, like that's was what they were talking about, but then she said, I want more people to do me, and it's like, <laughs> okay, do you mean it both ways? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because definitely talking to Dean, I feel like them showing that scene, I felt like it was a. Because he was felt like it was, he was saying like, oh yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was both and kind of thing. So then we jumped to JoJo and Jordan for the next exercise. I have lots of thoughts about this exercise, all this whole thing, but just in general. But we'll walk through the exercise first and then we can kind of get there. So it's a dance challenge. They didn't name this one, but dance challenge. Dr. Jada says the challenge is about who the best dancer partner is for each person, not who is the best dancer. Yeah, it's about physical chemistry. Yeah. So they just start dancing in the middle of the floor. There's each of these exercises they have no like takeoff, nothing. It's just no. like you just freaking do it. Um so they just start dancing in the middle of the floor. And Dean is dancing with Casey and he felt she was very passionate, was grinding all over him. I thought that was Jillian. Was that Jillian? Jillian was the one grinding on Dean, I thought. Oh yeah yeah. Well, I think he danced with Casey, and then he danced with Jillian. Yeah, but Jillian was the one yeah, that was like Jillian high school was dance up all there. Over. Yeah, uh, I wrote high school dance slash the scene yeah. in Dirty Dancing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, it felt even more like a middle school dance to me because everybody was just standing around on the yeah, walls yeah. watching mm-hmm. these people. Then Devin had his shirt off and oh, was giving gosh. Angelique. A whole lap dance with his jean shorts on. Okay, I was like, what is happening? Jordan is appalled. <laughs> like they went around and showed clips of everyone's faces and Jordan was... Uh, I don't think this is what they had in mind when they thought of like yeah. a dance challenge. Yeah. Jordan has probably never given JoJo a lap dance, so maybe he was taking notes. I don't you know. don't know. Maybe they're freaky. Well, you don't know. Hey, well, what's his face? Might be getting it on. <laughs> you know, but, no. 
<laughs> then Alexis calls Angelique a slut. And Which, says, like, what? <laughs> and says Devin danced with her the whole time. So, very jealous. Yeah, uh, and how is, is that Angelique's fault? I don't know. Which is awful but okay. for what's coming up. But anyway, yeah. they moved to slow dancing because why not? And then, I think that's what they meant it to be initially, <laughs> and it went There was south. lots of twerking in lab dances. So they were like, maybe we need to redraft. Yeah. So Devin and Angelique are still dancing, and his shirt is like uber sweaty. I guess the lap dancing is up earlier. Uh, <laughs> Blair and Dee Dee are dancing, which is random. And he feels there's no. He's been interested attractor. in her. No, I mean for this challenge, like we don't really see much of anything other than Dean, Devin, and Blair and Dee Dee. Oh, okay. I was gonna say them slow dancing isn't random because he's been interested in her for a while. Yeah, sorry. I just meant like out of the, all of this because keeps right after around. this it freaking ends. Yeah. So. So then the winners are picked because that's all we need apparently to see for this for this exercise. And Blair and Dee Dee and Devin and Angelique are the winners. And I don't understand how they even chose these. It was just like, okay, yeah, but the these exercises are stupid. They are. Like, they really it, are. It's just becoming idiotic at this point. And like the first one was fine because I felt like like they actually had to go back, deliberate a little bit, and like they like had to you know do something and then they actually talked about it like in jojo and jordan and dr jada actually like gave commentary about things and after that episode like they've all just gone to crap like i was like i put down what was that and how did they pick the winner like they barely showed us anything and i'm just freaking confused about the whole thing like all of these shows that are relationship related and they try to do a challenge of some sort the challenges are always awful i just yeah i don't understand i don't understand what jojo jordan and dr jada are there for i mean jojo and jordan are the host but they're not like hosting this part really other right, than but then explaining it, it would the be beginning. better to do something like a too hot to handle or something like that where they have the little freaking robot that tells them what to do <laughs> Or a cell phone. What was that on Milf Manor? There's like cell phones. <laughs> yeah. Like, I only made, we didn't make it very far in like that show. But. Anything. Yeah. Milf Manor was freaking weird. It was awful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anything like that. But it, otherwise, like, I mean, I, I go back to the challenge, of course, because I think TJ is a great host. But TJ like, is the best host. Yeah. But I think even with that, like, he's engaged in it. And, like, he's giving them the instructions. But then he also is, like, at the end, like, He's just entertaining. But he's also there done, a host. What, like, 28 seasons or something. Yeah. And he, like, has credentials like he was, you know, a BMX legend. So I think yeah. there's a lot there, but all the same, like, great host. And mm-hmm. so for me, like, them just being the faces doesn't mean they should be there for these things because, like, they could do all this crap without them standing there. I and think they just needed to up the creativity on the challenges because they're just not, they're just, well, I don't it feels understand. Like they were thrown together. And my thought is they had a lot more content for these challenges, but none of it like really stuck. And yeah. so they just cut it, put a little bit in and kept going. Yeah. None of it. It just doesn't make sense to me, especially because like there's weight behind of like, Oh, you're going to be safe. Yeah. If you win this exercise, but there's not really like good rules to it or that's what I was saying. I think the first one was fine because like it 
actually made sense. It's like, okay, you and your ex have to work together and like make the and make this believable for everybody else in a way and actually like show us that you're working towards quote unquote winning mm-hmm. this show or whatever. But this point, like this one especially, they were just grinding on each other with like random people. <laughs> yeah. like, like, and then Blair and Dee slow danced and they won. So I don't like I don't understand how it was about the chemistry. Yeah. Freaking stupid. Anyway, before I I'll come back to that later. But then of course it's over and we just go through the freaking date because mm-hmm. that's how also like is that's the other thing that frustrates me about I said I was done with it, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that frustrates me about the exercises is like they're just like a blip in the freaking episode. And there is a lot that happens in the episode, so I'm glad they don't like spend too I'm much saying. time like, on it. I think my guess is just that the day to day drama was more interesting and so they just cut a lot of this. Yeah. It's just just awful. Because it's it was on for maybe three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. So so then we go to the date. It's a sunset horseback ride. Oh, we don't go to the date. They explain no, what the they date explain is. The date. Mm-hmm. So the date is a sunset horseback ride. Devin says he wants to take take Alexis on this date because she has always wanted to do it. So, yeah, it's a bucket list date for her. Yeah. So even this part, I was really confused at first, and I like wrote down stuff as it became clearer to me. And I at first, I was like, "This seems to be okay?" Question mark. What's happening? How does all this work if all these people are going? Because to me, it sounded like oh, I want to take Alexis, and everybody's just like, oh, "Okay, that's fine." No, um, it was like, okay, then you don't get to go. Yeah, but then Jordan kind of clears it up and says Devin is in the line of fire for elimination. And I thought, how does that work? Uh, so He kind of gave up his spot. Yeah, he chose not to go on a date. Mm-hmm. So that's where I got it. But it took me a while to get there because I feel like it was confusing at like how they were talking about it. And Jordan didn't just say, okay, Devin, so this means, do you understand that this means you're giving up your spot yeah. And that you're no longer safe. I wish that they would have just said that instead of like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then, so they give Angelique an option of who she wants to go with. So she picks Dean. And Alexis is emotional and sees a change in Devin after this. So. Yeah, I think they still have, like, a lot of love for each other. Yeah. But I don't I don't feel like their relationship really got to run its course. Yeah. Even if they're not meant to be together long term, I think there's just unfinished business between them. Yeah, I think out of, let me make sure, I would say out of all the couples, like, they're probably, like, top four, the ones that are making it work the most out of everyone else. Do you mean, like, being there together? Yeah. Yeah, like, even with their arguing, but I think we talked about their arguing last time, and, like, they, it's like that's just flirting. kind of a thing for mm-hmm. them. But they actually, like, communicate well, and even, like, staying in the same room and stuff like that, and, like, when they go on dates and stuff, is like, was it Devin that went on a date the last time? He went with Jillian, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, she was, you know, they were having a good time in the bathroom talking about it. So, yeah. I think there's a lot of, like you said, love between them mm-hmm. still. And, like, I don't know. I mean, they're. I feel like they're still kind of on the line of, like, wanting to get back together. So, I don't know if that's really part of the show. Like, if it's oh, we want to get back together and move on in that way, or if it's like you have to move on from each other. So I think it's from each. I think it's with someone new. Yeah, So, which is interesting. So then we found out there's a twist for the elimination that night, mm-hmm. and it's going to be 
that two people are leaving, one guy, one girl. Or I guess the next night, whenever the elimination is. Yeah. So now we jump to the date on the beach, but it looks like fun because it did. I've never ridden horseback on a beach, but it looked like it was a good time. So Blair and Dee are excited. Have you been horseback, horseback riding? I mean, in like a little pin. That's it? Yep. You've never been like on a trail? Nope. Wow. Can't say I have. You can go horseback riding on Hilton Head. I mean, I'm not like rushing to go horseback riding. Oh, why not? Soon. It's no. fun. I mean, we could do it. That's I'm sure there's closer places, but I have we went horseback riding on Hilton Head. Yeah, I've never done it, but like I said, the date looked fun to me. Mm-hmm. Like sunsetting on horseback, cool idea. <clears throat> so and you know it looked like a good quality time thing for everybody so it was kind of weird how they were all together though because it was like blair and Dee were trying to have a conversation <laughs> and angelique and dean were like joking around and it seemed like they were like kind of frustrated about that because it, yeah, I wrote it that was down. like angelique and, and dean weren't taking it seriously but i put why couldn't just blair why couldn't blair and Dee just move that was my thing why can't you go off and i think it's because like they were trying to get camera shots of them and so they all need to be together for that yeah i just like i Understood they were frustrated about it, but at the same time, I was like, Matt, I don't think it's that big a deal. Like, yeah, I think, why don't you just move your freaking horse? Well, I think you guys are trying to connect in a different way. Like, Blair and Dee Dee are both, like, really serious about it. And yeah. Angelique and Dean are like, we're having a great time. They're still connecting. Yeah, and they just freaking got there. They're single and, like. They're different people. Like, <laughs> yeah. very different. Yeah. Two very different couples. Yeah. Dean is, he's been, like, the party man since he got there so mm-hmm. like he's excited to have somebody else that's also that that's not casey so. i wouldn't want like if i was going on this date like and you and i were were doing this we would not be super serious the entire time because i don't think no. that'd be fun to be like oh let's just be really serious yeah. and make this super gaze into each other's eyes oh my gosh i just <laughs> no <laughs> i would be so uncomfortable and you're my husband so <laughs> like just think about a first date yeah it's just not like who we are. So I understand like Angelique and Dean, like just having a good time. I think it's totally fine. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. Like, I think that's the thing is like, this is Blair and Dee Dee's like first date too. So I don't know why they weren't trying to have more fun. And they were talking about one-on-one time. And I understand they haven't been on a date yet, but yeah. there's also time for that on the dates. So, like all the dates have had this yeah, like, they'll split up. group time mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'm sure they've talked to other people about the dates as well. So I would think like, they would know, like, okay, this is a group time because even like the ATVs and mm-hmm. the jet skis, jet skis yeah. were all like as a part of as a group. So mm-hmm. it was probably meant to be like, oh, you guys just have fun together, and they're like, oh, we just want to hold hands and saunter through the sand on these freaking horses and watch yeah. the sunset. And it's like, okay, well, y'all you are can late. do both. So I'd have been pissed if yeah. I was on a date with them. Y'all but, are boring. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. Back to the house. Mm-hmm. Mims says his desire to be there has, was taken away a little bit when Allie left. Yeah. And he says he's not just going to go play the game. It's exhausting. So he goes and takes a nap. And I put this would be me. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> let me just go take a nap. You know what? I'm tired. So yeah. let me let me get my book and then pass out on the bed. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, I feel for Mims. I feel like he already wasn't like, super into it anyway mm-hmm. and Ali left and he was like well yeah he's like why am i still here <laughs> exactly so especially, yeah, I, I think that he 
feels a little jarred because he wanted Allie to be there because he felt like things were working out between mm-hmm. them before she left and then kind of got slapped with her leaving. And he's like, well, I don't probably doesn't trust anybody in the house after that decision anyway. So, so probably just ready to go. But <clears throat> we're back to the date. That's another thing. We jump back and forth a lot on this. So mm-hmm. back to the date. Blair and DD get their alone time. Thank God. Blair asks DD what she likes to do for fun. And DD just says that she wants things to do with someone. So I put they she sounds so boring. Oh my yeah, God. I put that she just sounds so depraved in affection overall that she's just yeah. like, I just want to do anything. Yeah. And I'm what like, well, like yeah, Thackeray is just like, he was such an a holder. <laughs> he really is. He really is awful. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I mean, they are totally boring. Like, that's basically the whole conversation. What do you like to do for fun? <laughs> yeah. That's what What's a boy, your favorite color? That's what a boy asked me in junior high. <laughs> yeah. It very, it very much felt like, you never did online dating, but it very I much felt like those, like, every start conversation you have where you just had to, like, pull out your starter questions. And you do that a hundred times. Because yeah. See, I would, like, download the app, like, an app. Mm-hmm be on it for two hours, see that that's all it was, and delete it again. Yeah. Like, I just could not do it. Yeah. It's tough. It was it. so awful. Like, from guy perspective, like, it's terrible. Because, I mean, for me, like, especially having two kids when I was on it at the time, like, I feel like that lowered, like, the pool even greater, you know? And then you just, you start a conversation with someone and it doesn't work out for one reason or another, and you have to just do that over and over again and it's just terrible because you're just doing it all day because you're online with it so i mean it's easier just to go through things but that's what this conversation felt like it was awful yeah. so then we're back to the house because we could only take so much of that mm-hmm. and ariel and david are talking and making something in the kitchen she says she feels that him and his dad bod are very welcoming dad bods <laughs> I won't get into it because it'll take too long. <laughs> so, well, Ariel's all about David's. So I don't have it. I don't have a problem with dad bods. I have a problem with the fact that dad bods are like these things that are embraced and that women think are so attractive. But women, the ones who actually have the children and whose bodies go through this drastic change, are expected to quote unquote bounce back and just be skinny and like fit into this certain ideal but dad that dad bods are like so sexy i don't have this ideal just to be no 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 he does not i do not feel this way for my husband i don't feel like i need there's a lot to lose of fire in your statement so like i just that. feel like i need to clarify yeah, yeah. Like, it is not geared towards you not a current no, argument it's a, our, no it's marriage. not it's not it's a cultural <laughs> thing that like I see other women going through, and I just feel like, as a society, why is this a thing? Why are women's bodies not embraced more after going through such a life-changing, like, you know, thing with your body? Like, my body will never be the same. Yeah. I feel like women have always been given, like, unfair standards for things, though, of, like, you have to look this way, but a dude can, you know, basically treat himself like garbage and... And, and even like with dress, yeah, like a guy can put on a t-shirt and jeans and he's dressed up. But if a woman did that, like, oh, she needs to put on a dress or she needs to put on some heels. Yeah. Like, and awful. Yeah, it just has, it definitely is 
not balanced in any way and stuff. And yeah, I think that women should be able to take the time they need. Like you said, like they just had a freaking baby. They're going through every, all the postpartum stuff. And like, I mean, you take whatever time you need and do whatever you, however you feel healthy. That's yeah. what you got to do. And like embrace that your body is different and that it's okay if it looks different. Mm-hmm. You know, like some things aren't going to go back to how they were yeah. ever. Yep. And you just have to, like I said, embrace it instead of being like, I'm never going to look this size or I'm never going to be able to wear these clothes again. And like, I mean, I've gone through all those things, you know, having two kids, but yeah, I feel awesome. oh my gosh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> I don't feel that way from you. I like mine is all mine is all internal. But the thing is, is that's all like what society expects of women that I have internalized. Yeah. Well, I think it's the job of like the husband or partner or just people in like the person's life who went through childbirth or even just like whether it be adoption or fostering or whatever. But in this case, childbirth, like to make sure that they're making it known that they feel that you're beautiful and that, you know, that you are what your worth is and stuff as well and encouraging you to know like that you shouldn't have to put all these like expectations on yourself either so yeah if if women's bodies were just embraced a little bit more it'd be great instead of (laughs) dad bods it should be like mom bods and how sexy they are yeah that's what it should be yeah so the dad didn't do anything (laughs) he just had a little bit of fun and then the baby came oh my god i wouldn't go (laughs) i mean Sure. Physically, I mean. <laughs> it's like, well, there goes all my value. No, I'm meaning your body did not go through anything for the baby. Yeah. So then back to David and Ariel, he asks what she thinks of the new girls. We see Jillian lurking in the background yet again. <laughs> um, and I put she's getting on my nerves. She was. <laughs> so, oh, this is where I put does she say anything else? Because she just keeps talking about Ariel's intentions. And feels she's playing games. Yeah. And I put that Ariel's intentions don't matter. Because, one, this is, in a way, a game. It's a competition. Mm -hmm. But also, like, y'all are there to get to know other people. So I don't feel like Jillian, for one, has not had, I feel like, a fair conversation with Ariel at all. And, like, she's just judging her intentions from afar and just making a lot of assumptions about things instead of actually, like, trying to just let, David be free a little bit and yeah it just bothers me so David says that he's been with other girls since him and Jillian ended because Ariel asked a question if they had been with other people and David says that he has so yeah but they both were they were like bonding over the fact that they were virgins when they got married oh I missed it yeah I think I was so caught up in Jillian's foolishness that yeah he must because I thought that was interesting so she like both of them said that they were and that their spouses were their first. And so then that's where she got into the question of if he's slept with anybody else since then. Yeah. And he says that he has, but he doesn't know if, if Jillian has. Yeah. So then Thackeray, Alexis and Jillian are talking in the pool. Jillian tells us that David went to New York when her dad passed <clears throat> and that she felt he was being selfish and should have been supportive during that time. And I agree. I think that yeah. 
I was trying to think about the timeline because I think she said it was like a year ago. Whenever yeah, she was so talking about it. were they not together, but she yeah. still was hoping he would support her? Yeah, and that's that's where, like, I was, it was a bit fuzzy for me, but mm-hmm. they've been divorced for seven months. So it so sounded it was close like, to the end, yeah, it sounds it like. like. During that time, and, mm-hmm. like, he, like, this was a big, probably one of the breaking points. Yeah, or the which breakdowns I can see that. For, for their relationship near the end, because it sounded like there was a lot of stuff happening, even with, just the pandemic and stuff overall. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think he should have been there and been supportive. And I think that like, I also get how hard it is near like the end of relationship when you're like, not really like getting divorced yet, but you're pretty much like, yeah, like you're, well, even before like the separate, like the physical separation, just like your relational and emotional separation. I feel like you just like, not that you fully stop caring for that person, but you start to put up these walls because, like, you just are trying to find ways out of the relationship in general. So Yeah, and probably protect yourself, too. Yeah. So uh, I think it's hard. I think that David should have been there and been supportive, but uh, he probably thinks the same thing, like, in hindsight. Like, that was probably pretty shitty of me, but what can you do now? Mm-hmm. So, so then we're back to the date. Dean and Angelique are telling each other how attracted they are to each other. And Angelique is all about the sexuality of it all. And I said, Daisy is not going to like this because she's been trying to get in Dean's pants since he got there. I, I, I wrote down that they're touching a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, then Dean. There's so much touching Dean, happening. Dean has Angelique feed him some kiwi. Oh and gosh. I was like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> this is uh, getting real spicy. So. Before they get naked with each other, we're back to the house, and Jillian is Jillian is crying while walking around the house, and so her and David have a sit down, and I don't know why I put this, but I feel I said I feel like she's making this one sided, probably with some of the things that she was talking about or mm-hmm. like how she was handling the situation, I think, but it also looked like just thinking back on the episode, I think that it was also just like a lot of things bubbling up for her and mm-hmm. i think this is the first time that she was actually like really honest with him and like vulnerable with him in a lot of ways instead of just being like like we'd seen a lot of her commentary be honest but then in front of david or other people like she was either like like snappy or not really fully honest about something so well she was like using sarcasm or like rude comments to cover up how she actually feels Mm -hmm. when she was talking to David, like she would make like snide remarks towards him. And then now she sat down and was talking to him, but then she also brings up that like he never shares his emotions. Yeah. And he did. Like he says that he was lonely and hated being away from her. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I, I needed to hear that. So they both were honest in that moment. Yeah. versus like just making little digs at each other like they normally were doing yeah oh i put that she says she she's respect to him during this time and that there were things that he did so i think that was where i was thinking that she made it one-sided but then it got better as the conversation went on mm-hmm. she felt she felt like he gave up and waved the white, white flag and a lot of that probably came around the time that her dad died and stuff too and mm-hmm. i think there was probably a, a lot of resentment around that and then it probably just spread 
Yeah. After that point. So he says he crawled on his belly and apologized. And he hated being away from her, which she said. And she says that she didn't know that. <clears throat> and it sounds like they didn't communicate at all at the end of their relationships and at the end of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And there were things said in this conversation that they both needed to hear. So, yeah. So they were both crying pretty hard because they had like, and they were crying in the room together and then they were in our ITM together and they were crying there too. So, so it looks like there was definitely some healing on that front of just them, them being able to like get out some of this stuff that just got pushed down and they, they weren't willing to hear from each other until this moment. So I think that was good for them. If nothing else, I think Blair and Ariel need a moment like this where they just <clears throat> really bear it all in front of each other. Mm-hmm. So then we jump to that evening. Devin and Alexis are in the kitchen. Alexis doesn't know how to feel after everything that happened at the exercise earlier that day. Alexis tells Devin that before the winner was announced, she realized that someone else could pick him and that she may still love him. And he says, I knew. <laughs> this is very much like a Star Wars moment. <laughs> I love you. I know. Then he isn't, tells, that what the quote, isn't that what it is? Yeah. Where, yeah I love you. And then it's, I know. Says, I know. Yeah. yeah. So then Devin tells us in his, that he still has feelings for her and that hearing that she does too meant a lot for him. So, especially after Alexis was calling, I mean, it was obvious that she had feelings when she was calling Angelica slut and everything else under the sun. So, so then. Really good at women supporting women over here. (laughs) The people from the date show back up at the house. At this point, Dee Dee says that getting out of the house boosted her mood a bit. Oh, yeah. She needed to get get away from the, the core. The, yeah. How do you say his name? Thackeray. That's I'm just sticking with it because <laughs> oh I tried again this episode and I was like, she said it a few times. I think and it's I'm the just, core. It's not the, sticking with that, me. It's not Thacker. Yeah, it's, it's the like core. the core. Yeah. The core. Yeah. Because of the Tupac. Tupac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta remember it that way. Yeah. Okay, the core. Yeah. But Got it. Thackeray. Anyway, <laughs> so Dee Dee tells Casey and Jillian that she has a crush on Blair and had a great time. Thackeray is moping around the house, drinking and being upset that Dee Dee is happy, apparently. And Dee Dee approaches him and asks him to come with her. I guess he was, like, helping out around the kitchen, like, cooking dinner. and Yeah, but uh, he also says, my wife. And I was like, she's not your wife anymore. Yeah. yeah. Very possessive. Highly divorced. And it's your fault, which you know it's your fault, and everyone else does. And, yeah, there hasn't even been, like, Dee Dee trying to get back together with him or anything. He's just highly no. possessive and narcissistic. But mm-hmm. So then he's sitting at the table upset with everybody in the world because Dee Dee's happy. So she goes up to him. And also, asks, he has to be like drunk or something. Oh, yeah. I he's mean, like his majorly face. Drunk. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, he's very, his face is like inflamed. It's so red. Mm-hmm. So then they sit down outside. Thackeray starts crying. And <laughs> I said, he is so manipulative and awful. <laughs> just because, yeah. like, he's just using this as another like way to try to get her to apologize for something that she doesn't need to be apologizing for. So Mm -hmm. instead she confronts him and he cusses her out and now wants to fight and says he hates her. (laughs) So it took a very different turn very quickly. Well, he says, this is why effing hate you. You're an a-hole. Yeah. I'm like, this is what, but you were just 
like so upset that she was on a date with someone else and like that you still love her and then you are saying these things yeah he said he didn't he didn't like seeing someone touch her like that and i was like blair didn't even touch her like they he if anything had the worst conversation with her possible yeah and she's crushing all of them just because she asked what she likes to do so i mean like made it about her in any way all he did was show how little you've done ever in this relationship correct Uh, and so it's i think it's really sad to see because i think dd is like she looks like she has a good personality she's attractive and i feel like she's so like little because of this guy thackeray and -hmm. stuff and so like watching her try to grow and like be stunted by this man is like really cringy to watch but i think it's like probably going to be really good for her in the long run because i think she has a lot of people supporting her and like she didn't have that before when they were in their relationship so Mm -hmm. so then he goes back in the house and you know telling everybody he wants another drink so casey pours him a drink and tells him that he basically needs to get his crap together and he just keeps saying he wants to knock someone out so very destructive yeah fellow we got here mm-hmm. and then he goes outside with casey mims and david and says he was having a hard time watching dd going on dates and casey tells him that they're all having to deal with the same thing and knocking someone out is not the solution obviously yeah then Thackeray would honestly benefit the most from sticking around, but I wish he would go home. That's what I put down. Because I think that if he stuck around and, like, actually start, like, listen to the people around him and, like, stop trying to manipulate them so he could get back together with DD, which is what he's been doing the whole time, then he probably would actually grow a lot. But I think that he just needs to freaking go home because he makes me sick. Yeah, the man needs some healing. He needs some therapy for sure. And I think that he's he probably is realizing that how really he screwed up with losing Didi, and now like he's seeing like the fruits of that with like her having fun with other guys mm-hmm. and going on dates with other guys, and he's realizing like, oh, this great thing that I had is like it's like running through my fingers in a way, and so your fault, bro. So then next morning. Thackeray, Blair, and Mims are talking about the elimination by the pool. Thackeray is worried that he could be ho- going home after the night before. Please do. Sounds like Jillian and Ariel are on the chopping block for the guys. And Blair is going to talk to Ariel about it. Then this this part, next part was really random to me. But the girls sitting at the, I don't know. They, I don't know if it was by the pool. It was somewhere else on the grounds but Mm -hmm. they were sitting there and they started talking a little bit about the guys and they just cut off they never never heard any deliberation about the guys at all they didn't talk about anybody yeah so i wrote this down but then like going back to it like they never showed us anything about who was going to go home so i think the editing for the show kind of like talked about with the like the exercises like editing feels real weird and i don't know if maybe it's because the show got canceled like we talked about the first episode like it was supposed to be one one network and then another one picked it up and then maybe they never actually went back and edited it well but the editing is terrible yeah um so then blair goes and talks to ariel while she's getting ready he asks if she's interested in anyone and he just gets super frustrated with her about it because he doesn't feel like he's getting a straight answer and well no because she wants to leave the door open with him yeah but also feel like she is 
being hesitant with him as well, just because of like how she's been treating uh, how she's been treated by him. Yeah. So then like she knows that this is just like he's just trying to get something out of her instead of having to have like an actual conversation with her. So and she says that she doesn't feel he's listening to her and wants to have an actual conversation with him. She says that she's intrigued by David. I think this is just in her ITM, but wants to close the book with Blair, which is what I mentioned earlier. Like she wants to have like this closure piece of it, but Blair's not giving that to her. And then he tells her that he's asking for the asking her about who she's interested in because of the elimination. And she wants to talk beyond that, but he's not willing to have a conversation about anything else. So he leaves the pool. So we don't really know anything else beyond that because we're at the elimination. (laughs) She's just trying like so hard to have his attention. And I think she was trying to take that moment to be like, okay, like he's giving me his attention and I'm going to kind of soak up every moment that I can. And he's like, no, I'm just trying to ask you one freaking question. Yeah. Answer the question. Well, the, I mean, the thing about that was like, they were like in the rule in the room and then they went to the pool. So like, how long was this, this quote unquote conversation? Yeah. And that's where even where like the editing seems seems a little weird to me because it's like if he really didn't want to talk to her that bad, then like why are they still talking in these two different places? No, so, I don't know. Yeah. Um so anyway, we're at the elimination, but we didn't get any deliberation before elimination other than Blair and Ariel. So mm-hmm. I feel like where last week was really good with like all the Casey stuff and the drama had that happened there, like it just went in dumps. Like all the stuff when the dump this episode for me was a lower rated episode in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> just with how everything got to fell together. I just felt it was super choppy. Yeah. And anyway, I'll get to that at the end. So then Angelique Dean, Dee Dee and Blair are safe, of course, because they went on dates. And so the guys leave first. JoJo asks about the romance in the house. Angelique says she likes Dean's energy but doesn't want to make any commitments yet. Dee Dee feels that Blair's deep and is attracted to that. So I don't know how... That's why I just think, like, she is so broken and hurt. If she felt Blair's deep, she needs to do some more digging. Correct. Jordan asks who they aren't connecting with. Mim's name comes up because he seems hurt about Ali leaving which we talked about. Casey yep. brings up Thackeray because of the interaction the night before. Ariel says she couldn't see herself with Thackeray and has connected with David, though it's going to take time. Jillian doesn't know if she could make it work with David because she wants she doesn't want to get hurt again, but has been enjoying her time with him. So that was a very like back-and-forth answer on her part and really gave us no answer. The girls leave. JoJo Jordan asks the same questions. For the positives, David says he's been working through his past relationship and has felt guard, guarded because of that. He brings up Ariel and Angelique, how he likes both of them. And we don't hear from any other guys on the positives. That was so weird. It was yeah. just like, let's talk to David. And this is another one of those edit things where I just think everyone else didn't give anything worth keeping in the episode. Yeah. So they just cut it. Yeah. They just need to... The problem is they need to, like, dig more or something do more shoots something mm-hmm. <laughs> because like know. it just feels like it just feels poorly edited yeah or but they're like, trying to fit so much into one episode and so they're just like 
chopping it all up and then it's yeah. hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, maybe that's it. I just feel like there's like this episode felt the worst of me so far. Like yeah. I feel like the first two episodes weren't this bad. Like they at least had some good content that felt continuous and mm-hmm. some of this felt like, oh crap, we need to add this in because like the the girl stuff I felt like was longer because they didn't show any deliberation for anything else of the elimination. Like we wouldn't have known anything about Mims being on the chopping block other than the elimination. So mm-hmm. so then Jordan asks who they aren't connecting with. Dean brings up Jillian and the fact that she doesn't know how to move past her relationship with David. Mims says Ariel and feels things are surface level. Thackeray agrees with Mims. Blair feels Jillian isn't working to connect with the other guys. And David feels Jillian is seeking closure and doesn't know if he's gotten that either. So then we're at the decision time. Casey is the one telling Mims and Thackeray that they're on the chopping block and Mims is going home. I put no surprise. Yeah, uh, was I was re- not surprising at all. He was I think ready to he go. wanted to go. He was like, all right. Yeah. See all right, deuces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that felt like it was. And that's just kind of like the happen. end of him because, like, Allie wasn't there. So there wasn't. Yeah, we talked about talk. that. Like, who talks to them? Apparently, nobody did. Nothing. <laughs> yep. See y'all later. <laughs> really freaking sad. But yeah. <laughs> this is how it is. I mean, not even like a bachelor, bachelorette, like talk to the camera before you go or anything yeah like, like in the van on the way to the yeah, hotel nothing yeah. like it was just like okay see you later mm-hmm. like, this couple is out so then what they should do is they should have like i don't know like something to where they have like all the people's faces up somewhere and they have like x out people and i've been having to go on my notes and cross out the people that aren't here anymore because i feel like as we go along i'm gonna forget but mm-hmm. they need to do something and Dean is spoke spokesperson for the guys, and Jillian is going home. He doesn't even like tell other people. He's just like he just tells Jillian that she's out. So I put what? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly wasn't expecting it, and she's also. I just surprised. felt like there wasn't any girl that could leave. That was like the easy pick. Yeah, I just did. I guess I just didn't. I didn't foresee Jillian. Like being the pick, like I honestly thought Ariel makes more sense to be the pick mm-hmm. because she is holding on so closely to Blair, and I think it's obviously so. And Jillian, I think, has the same problem with David, but I think that she's not as so freaking dramatic about it. But that's probably good for the show. So, yeah. and Jillian, I think, is just imploding, but. She's surprised about it as well and doesn't think it was the right choice. And I put that I think it was a good move. She was too consumed by her relationship with David and mm-hmm. it's making it hard for either of them to move on. Yeah, I agree. And I guess Ariel also stuck around because her and David are connecting. That probably was her only saving grace because like she does have a connection in the house and I don't think Jillian has any connection to other No, David. we haven't seen him. Ha- or seen her having any kind of romantic conversations. Yeah. So I did put that I think Blair and Dean have more power over things like this. So going back to like even the deliberation, Blair felt that Jillian wasn't working like to connect with other guys. And then Dean brought up Jillian. So mm-hmm. I think they're kind of like the power guys in the house right now. And so no matter what guys like David say, like if Blair or Dean are wanting that, then that's kind of what's going to happen so and they've been 
the spokespeople for the guys thus far too. So. Yeah. So then David and Jillian sit down. Afterwards, they're both crying, and Jillian says, "Thank you for validating my feelings and saying you're sorry." So I'm glad that she got that, I guess. And he wants her to move on, be the best version of herself. She accepts that they are not good for each other. So that's the end of that episode. We have the next time on. I thought this did look interesting. It so did. I hope that it is actually as interesting as it looks because we see Angelique and David look like they're connecting with each other. Mm-hmm. I'm sure David is going buck wild with Jillian gone. Casey and Thackeray wasn't expecting this one. This was, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> They were kissing on a date and everything. Yeah. I was like, well, what the? She just wanted him to leave. And he just, I guess, said, F Didi, I'm going to go F Casey instead. So, and then Angelique. kind of looks like her ex, though. Like they have the similar, like, build. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dean's looks like he's off the table for Casey. So, I mean. No, but Angelique and David were connecting. So, who's Dean connecting with now? And Dean doesn't really seem to care. He just, I think that he just wants to get with who he can get with. So. Yeah, I know. But I mean, like, why would Casey be off the table then? Because Casey's a little crazy, probably. I mean, Casey's, Wouldn't that be a good thing if you're just trying to hook up? I don't know. Like, I think that he, like, he probably wants to hook up, but, like, doesn't want, like, I think Casey's just, like, throwing herself at him. Oh, okay. Constantly. She's um, not playing hard to get. Yeah. So. Got it. Then Angelique looks to confront Blair about Ariel, and he's upset at some point. So we'll see. Hopefully that's on the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, this was the next time on. So, yeah. Yeah. So overall, I think the episode was better in the second half. I still, like we talked about, I think it was still pretty chopped together. Yeah, very choppy. Um, And, like, just didn't feel like it had, like, a lot of fluidity to it. There was just a lot of times where I was like, Where's this going, or what are we doing? Or I think there was good drama, but it just felt all over the place. Like it seems like they're trying to trying to take this somewhere, but as like an average viewer, I think it's this was a tough episode. So I think that they don't have the formula figured out of how they want an episode to look, and so they're trying to figure it out. And it's like they're trying to have, okay, we're picking up from the last episode and then here's the exercise and then here's the date and then here's the elimination. And so they're trying to fit all of that into one episode and it's just chopped together. Yeah. Not just for like conversations in between. I think the exercises are done at this point. Like that's probably, they probably realized that Yeah. after the fact. And it's like, well, crap, we still have to put them in here because that tells who's going on a date. Yeah. They would have been better off doing like, just dumb like summer camp things like Correct. the challenge used to be in its early days like yeah. have them like running with an egg on a spoon or something stupid well then there's oh, these what was the... things of, like oh you should connect with these people is it and it's like it's still random what's the one that we watched that was we didn't watch all of it it was on netflix it was perfect match did they do ran they did like random did you not really? watch Perfect Match? I only watched they? like half an episode of Perfect Yeah, I, so I mean, I didn't watch much of it. Mm. But they did those, they did like really corny Yeah, I are using them the same way though, too, though. Yeah. yeah. And too hot to handle like that. Yeah, why didn't do something no. better like that? Like, That's what I mean. Like they, I think they're trying to be too philosophical about it. But then I put Dr. Jada's really, like she's overqualified for the show. Oh, like, 100%. Like it should have just been JoJo and Jordan just And like, maybe, maybe in the background, like 
something we don't know about, but it's actually happening as they're yeah. having like therapy sessions. <laughs> with Maybe. Her. One it can doesn't hope. really seem like it. I doubt it. Seems it. Like, uh, One can hope. But even like I put these couples aren't getting any coaching and it's like they are just thrown into this stressful situation with each other and told to figure their shit out on their own. Mm-hmm. At least with Temptation Island, that's the one I put down. The people on the show get some coaching from the host, but JoJo and Jordan are just pretty faces. I'm just confused by what the point is right now. It's good drama, but not making much sense, in my opinion. So, and I think even with JoJo and Jordan, like, I feel like they should have done, like, at the beginning of each episode, it's like, we felt like, even if they're more of like a bird's eye view of the house or something like that, like, I don't think they necessarily need to be in it with these people, one, because they're not divorced. Like, they don't have any way of connecting with these people other than they've, struggled in their relationship a little bit which every freaking couple has but these people are like actively divorced and seeking other relationships so i think it's hard for them to really like say much or connect with these couples in a lot of ways other than like oh you're getting into a new relationship i can maybe help you there but maybe if they were like the bird's eye view of like oh this time we find our couples in the house doing this and maybe even hearing like their predictions on it. Like, I feel like that would make it more interesting than them just showing up for two minutes in the middle of the episode. And then like at the elimination at the end of the episode. And then like this time they ask questions and they haven't done that before, but even that was boring. Also elimination, like them being at elimination makes sense. But I agree. I think if they're going to be there, I mean, it makes sense for them to be there for the exercise, but they're not, like, ain't really included in it. They explain it, and it's just... Even though I they, think the they don't, they don't even bad. explain it well. Like, they don't... No. Like, they need bad. to put stuff on the screen and say, like, like give it some dumb name, mm-hmm. and then, like, do bullet points. Like, this is what you got to do. Yeah. So then, me as a viewer, I know, okay, this is what I'm looking for. Instead, it's like, oh, this is what we're going to do. Bloop! And then we're into it. <laughs> and then it's and like, now it's over. It's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's just a lot of foolery going on. Not just, I hope it gets better. Like, obviously, we're gonna finish out the show just because I need to know, well, the, quote unquote, yeah. wins. And there's supposed to be this twist coming that I haven't told you about yet. So yeah, don't tell me. Um, I really don't know if it's gonna make that big a deal. I think it'll it'll make it interesting, but we'll see when we get there. Anyway, but I'm excited about the next episode with the next on so other than that that's all i got yep and for now it's bedtime yep thanks everybody for listening make sure you check us out at realityafterbedtime.com subscribe rate and review you can find us on apple podcast spotify pandora if you listen there (laughs) (laughs) wherever you listen to your google podcast stitcher which i found out was actually going down because of something so it's going uh, down yeah like they're it's becoming a part of like series xm or something like that and you have to listen to theirs as subscribers sounds pretty stupid because it's just been around forever but in their like podcast dashboard i saw that so but you can listen to this Stitcher for however much longer it's gonna be up i think like another month and some change so until then yeah check us out spread the word we're glad you're here and we'll Keep on recording. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.